Hello, hello. Today is July 9th, 2021. It's episode 7 of the Sport Fanatics podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Jay Mike. Today we've got the the Stanley Cup finals are over with. Lightning victorious. NBA finals still going on. And we're going to touch on the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby a bit. But that's for later. For now, here's the theme song. Well, hey, let's start with that Stanley Cup wrapping up. Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Montreal Canadiens one to nothing. Battle of the goalies yeah. between Andre Vasilevsky and Carey Price for sure. What a change of pace from those first few games where the Lightning were scoring yes. so much. Yeah, credit Carey Price for sticking in there, really keeping – that great Tampa Bay lineup off the scoreboard the the last two games game you know game four and game five yeah he yeah he really he, stepped up his game for sure yeah he, he he definitely kept Montreal in it for sure it's just it was a problem of scoring for Montreal yeah and Credit Vasilevsky, who is your Conn Smythe Trophy Award winner. Which makes sense. Which is, the, of course, the MVP right. uh, he, of the Stanley Cup Final. I mean, he showed out in this series. So. Also, something else on Vasilevsky. This was his fifth straight series-clinching shutout, dating back to... Last season, Stanley Cup Final Game 6, when the Lightning defeated the Dallas Stars 2 to nothing. Well, that's clutch right there. That's what you need. Let's see. May the 26th of and, – and I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to this this year's playoffs, of course, but this was May the 26th, first round, game six versus the Florida Panthers, four to nothing. In that game, June the 8th, second round, game five against the Carolina Hurricanes, two to nothing. June the 25th, Stanley Cup semifinals, game seven versus the Islanders. We forget that. Yeah, it was a close series. And ironically... They won one to nothing in that game as well. Oh, okay. So you got back to back series clinching yeah. shutouts, one to nothing victories. And that's where that MVP performance comes in. And this this also was very, very unique as well. The only goal that was scored in this game came from 
a David Savard pass to rookie Ross Colton. Ross Colton became the seventh rookie to score a cup-clinching goal. Only one other rookie has done so in the past 90 years, Chris, and that was Mike Rupp with the New Jersey Devils in 2003. Wow. Okay. So the only goal that was scored in the contest came from the Tampa Bay Lightning rookie. Well, welcome to the team, I guess. That's got to be amazing. Can you imagine, though, being a rookie and you're in that position and you're able to score – make the only goal that, that wins the game yes. wins the series yeah but the championship for your team that has to be an amazing feeling no doubt because you you we all know that tampa bay is a is a small market and it's incredible that they won now have won back-to-back stanley cup well, so, I was about to say- so you obviously you obviously you obviously know that they're they're fixing to break this team up because they're not going to be able to afford to pay a lot of these guys to stick around and 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 really become a dynasty but you expect so so you obviously expect some guys to move move on to different teams in the offseason but also you expect Ross Colton to really step in for a a, a starting job in that Tampa Bay rotation next season. Oh, yeah. I mean, those young rookies are invaluable to a team like Tampa Bay. But that it is amazing how, I mean, they've built a little bit of a dynasty here. It's just unfortunate that, like you said, they probably won't be able to keep that yes. together. Yeah. Also of note, Nikita Kucherov became the sixth different player in the league's expansion era which was from 1967 to 1968, to lead the Stanley Cup playoffs and points in consecutive years. Joining some elite company here, Chris. Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, yeah. Guy LaFleur. Mario Lemieux. Rick McLeish. And Phil Esposito. Wow. And so, yeah, I don't know... When his contract is up, that so that that's definitely a guy that's more than likely going to move on. Yeah, he's going to want to pay another, raise. Another guy that might move on, which this this guy right here is absolutely loving loving his life right now. Pat Maroon, who became the fourth player in NHL history to win the Stanley Cup in three straight seasons with two different teams. <laughs> He joined Ed Litzenberger of the 1961 Chicago Blackhawks. He also played for the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1962 through 1964. Ab with the Montreal Canadiens from 1958 to 1960. Uh-huh. And also played on the 1960 so the same 1961 Chicago Blackhawks team as Ed Litzenberger how about that and then Eddie Gerard 1920 to 1921 wow. with the Ottawa Senators it's going way back 1922 and the 1923 Senators 
Well, okay. So, yeah, keep an eye on where he is next season. Maybe that's your uh, championship and if I'm, next year. And, and if I'm, yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I think Maroon was on the – I, I believe the Blues won the night the excuse me the 2019 Stanley Cup. So yeah. so Pat Maroon, of course, 2019 Blue uh, St. Louis Blues, and then back to back here with the with the Lightning. Tampa Bay's three Stanley Cup wins now: 2004, 2020, and now. This this season in 2021, trail only the Detroit Red Wings, who had four, 1997, 1998, 2002, and 2008, for the most titles among all teams since the Lightning entered the NHL in 1992 through 1993. Well, okay. Yeah, I remember when, when they were on fire in those years, so... And of course, now lately it's been the Lightning, which is a team that you wouldn't have really expected to get this dominant in that Tampa Bay market. But how how about this, Chris? In the past ten months, Tampa Bay pro sports teams have completed four seasons. The results: twenty twenty Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The twenty twenty Rays went to the World Series. 2020 Bucks won the Super Bowl, and now the 2021 Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. Got to step again. up your game, Rays. What's so, what you doing? Only going to the World Series and not winning it. Got to join well, the rest of the teams in Tampa Bay. Yeah, but obviously they went up against the buzzsaw, and, <laughs> yeah. and that was the Los Angeles Dodgers, who were the best team in baseball last season. So, but yeah, what a time to be a fan in Tampa Bay. No doubt, and I do expect the Rays to make make another run to the World Series. I'd love for them to in late October <laughs> to take out the Red Sox somehow, get them out of the way. Yeah, yeah, it should that should be an exciting finish later this season in late September, right before the playoffs begin, to see who's gonna end up winning the division and we'll obviously see who makes moves at the trade deadline but man think about like 15 years ago or so the situation in the in just the sports world imagine thinking that the teams in tampa bay would be winning championships let alone competitive because remember there for yeah. a while the i mean of course i know the Right around 2000, the Buccaneers were good. But there was a stretch there where Buccaneers were pretty bad. The Rays were, of course, terrible. Buccaneers made a coaching move, though. Oh, oh yeah. That they needed to on the offensive side of the ball because they, they had that great defense that was constructed by Tony Dungy mm -hmm. at the time during his tenure in Tampa Bay. But they, they did not have the offense – consistent enough to really help them win a Super Bowl. And then they made that move to John Gruden, who they got from the Oakland Raiders after that disappointing tuck rule game yeah. year before in the in the playoffs. But 
Gruden comes in with his offensive philosophy, and he's able to work with Brad Johnson, Tampa Bay quarterback at the time, just make him consistent enough, not turning the ball over, and they they finally were able to get that offense in check, and then the defense, of course, did their thing en route to that dominant Super Bowl win over, guess who, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Gruden's former team. Yeah. And and credit Gruden, because I remember watching a America's Game, which is a, a football documentary about each Super Bowl winning teams this season, and during I, – I, what was it two weeks before the Super Bowl that they have off? Yeah, something like yeah, that. They, they get a weekend off. Gruden the whole time was prepping that defense on what his former QB in Oakland, Rich Gannon, was going to do. That's I mean, advantage. every practice, and they they showed they showed a uh, footage of it. And so, of course, that Tampa Bay team was well prepared. I just don't understand Callahan, the the coach at Oakland. Knew that knew that Gruden had the four one one on on Oakland offensively, right? And didn't even bother to to come up with something invigorating or new to try to counter that tough Tampa Bay defense. So that's that's why some coaches get paid the big bucks. In pro sports, and some get fired after two or three years. Yeah, well, and, uh, of course, the the Buccaneers came up there, and then the Rays, we know that they've gotten better over the past decade or so. And they've they've done a great job, Chris, of scouting and developing their their talent in in the minors, which, which is something that you have to do as a small market team. Oh, yeah, when you can't keep your big stars all the time and and you can't and you can't add any during the off season as well now maybe when you get better you 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 could you you could trade for somebody that that that's going to become a free agent that net that that off season coming up so so that that way you don't have to you, you don't have to roll out the red carpet full of money to keep him but obviously those small market teams and credit Tampa Bay for the job that they that the job that their scouting department has done and then their development of their minor league players well and then of course similarly with the lightning who to come full full circle they've uh done a good job getting the talent there and and and, and a rookie scores the yeah Series clinching one and only goal of the contest the other night. Right. So to win the Stanley Cup. And I don't know at what point, I mean, who knows if they keep this winning culture in and around Tampa Bay, maybe they won't be as much of a small market. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Chris. I mean, they may be a smaller media market, sure, but if their fans are involved and devoted, to these teams and, and and of course it also helps with the state of florida being as big as it is so obviously growing growing each fan base could could have a lot to do with 
well with that and it's for sure definitely a fact that of the it seems that tampa bay has had the best fan base overall of the cities in florida now of course mammy dolphins have a history but buccaneers usually have a pretty good crowd and it certainly helps that you have the greatest of all time at quarterback yeah he'll draw in your fan base now uh of course the lightning the the fans seem to really really like their lightning now the only oh yeah they they pack they pack the place out in the playoffs chris which is just incredible to see you wouldn't really think about hockey in florida but that's a whole nother thing. And and now they've won back to back Stanley Cup, so Yeah. And then uh they just gotta sort out their baseball stadium and get that in a better place. That's and a, true. A, a, That's a better true. venue. And I believe that the yeah, Rays agree. will show up the Rays fans will show up more once they get that sorted out. Because I mean it'd be great to see these teams I mean, no one wants to see one team dominate forever, but it you also hate to see championship winning teams have to sell off talent that they yeah. brought in and developed. So hopefully some of these teams like maybe the Lightning won't have to sell off as much as maybe worried, but and it's very unique that Tampa Bay has now won consecutive Stanley Cups because we all know hockey as one of the sports where Teams can get hot at any given moment. Each year in the Stanley Cup playoffs, as as we saw St. Louis do it a couple years ago. Yeah, get some upsets going, Cinderella stories. But I I I know, I know it had it had been a little it had been a little while since maybe the the. Pittsburgh Penguins, I think, were the last team to go back to back. It was either them or the Chicago Blackhawks in in the early two thousand tens. But it was it was either one of the two franchises. So it it definitely has has been has been just just a little while since the team has won back to back. But I'm gonna double check real quick. But in in hockey, it's normally one of those postseasons where the team that gets hot ends up winning it all. Kind of like in in college sports with college, especially college baseball and college basketball with both of those incredible tournaments that they they have. Yeah, it was the Penguins, 2016-2017. I th- I thought so. I thought I thought it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a couple of years, but but you wouldn't have expected Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay years ago. You know, you used to Pittsburgh and Chicago and uh, those team Boston Bruins, those sorts yeah, and, of franchises. And prior to twenty twenty, they hadn't won the Stanley Cup since two thousand and four. So it it had been it had been a little while, but now they're oh, yeah, and that was right before the lockout. Right before the wow, that's right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that had been right before that. I'm looking here. They won that year four games to three, so a seven game series. Yeah, that's right. It definitely wasn't this year. It was. Uh, I'm I'm glad Montreal got at least one win at home there for their fans, but no doubt. And once again, a credit Carey Price 
for keeping the Canadians in games, especially games four and five. It's just there's only so much he can do. Andre Vasilevsky is an absolute beast of a goalie. Just plain and simple. He's a robot back there. <laughs> he, he's incredible, everything. and that's the reason why he's won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Oh, yeah. Well, well-deserved, and well-deserved to the Tampa Bay Lightning franchise. Yeah, congrats to them and their fans. Yeah, back-to-back years. Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup champions. Well, that's one postseason series down, but we have another one going on. The NBA Finals, they're well underway. We've got two games done. The Suns won both. Coincidentally, they scored 118 points in both games. Yeah. Yeah, the first one they won 118 to 105. Last night they won 118 to 108. Double digit wins for the Suns. Yeah, both times I a little bit surprising. Uh the Bucks started strong last night. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe they were they had at least a 9 or 10 point lead. And then the Suns just make that that great run to really get out in front of those Bucks. And then they they never really gave up after that, it, or the, right. the lead never gave up after right. that. Right, and then about the and, same. And, and credit credit the Suns because every time Milwaukee tried their best to make a run, and it it definitely it definitely got got back to at least a three point only a three-point lead for the Suns. The Suns conti- continued to hit big shot after big shot to really pull themselves away in route to that game two win last night. Which has really been their story for a lot of these games in the postseason. They've been yes the strongest, most consistent team for most of this. Of course, the Bucks they were strong too. Uh, they did a good job of keeping ahead uh well and not they did a good job of keeping leads coming into this series but the problem is they're just getting outplayed by the suns right now uh great performances by chris paul especially in game one. Oh yeah yeah no no doubt uh booker that was your my X factor, X factor in this series. He had a great game last night. Great game last night in the first half. Only scored ten points, two of five from the field. Or excuse me, two of five from three point. And in the second half he scored twenty one points, five of seven from three. Which is just that's hard to beat when you're shooting that well from three. So a combined you put both of them, both halves together, 31 points overall. He is one of four players under the age of 25 now with at least 30 points, five rebounds, and five assists in a NBA Finals game in the last 25 years. He joins Kobe Bryant, who was the youngest player to do it at 22 years of age. Russell Westbrook at 23 years of age, Dwayne Wade at 24 years of age, 
and now Devin Booker, who is 24 years of age as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, some great company. The thing is, they're just playing. Yes, we have Chris Paul and and Booker playing great. But the thing is, they're getting a great contribution from all of those starters. Oh on no that doubt. Suns team. Oh no doubt. A, a guy who stepped up big for them, who was their second leading scorer, Mikael Bridges, last night. Yes. 27 points, 8 of 15 from the field. Great night out of Mikael Bridges, who, let's face it, the Suns' depth is starting to take a hit. It Dario is. Saric is now out for the rest of the NBA Finals. One of their... One of their big big men, and they only had sixteen points from the bench last night. Yeah, so those starters yeah. are really having to carry the load. Carry the for load. Sure. Yes. Um. Let's see. An- another guy that went down last night for the Suns, Tory Craig. Who we are uncertain of his status right now, but. Obviously, question going forward is the Suns don't have enough depth on their bench. I know they had to play Frank Comiskey, the former Wisconsin standout. They had to play him a lot last night because of Sarich's season-ending injury. Milwaukee has the more depth out of the two. So the question becomes, as this series now switches to Milwaukee, Milwaukee is really going to have to adopt what the Memphis Grizzlies used to do, which is that grit and grind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about really taking it to the opposing team, and they especially need to do it now with the Suns being low on depth right now. Well, yeah, they're they're just going to have to try to outlast the Suns, basically. To your point, so. and and I I do not expect this these great shooting performances for the Suns to continue going forward, and then that that's how Milwaukee can get back in the series. Here, here's one problem for Milwaukee, though. They're going to have to get a better contribution. Yeah, more especially all, all from holiday, holiday. Because, like, last night it was all on Giannis, basically. Oh, no doubt. Uh, let me see. Yeah, he had uh, 42 points. 42 points. Last night. 15 of 22 from the field, which is 68%. 11 of 18 at the line, which... Let's face it, he was the only one getting fouled last night because he was the only one active. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four assists, three blocks, 12 rebounds, played 40 minutes in the contest. Wow. The rest of the Milwaukee Bucks team combined for a total of 43 points. He almost... Ah, uh, he's one point behind. <laughs> he almost alone. tied and or outscored the rest of his team. Also, the rest of the books, 19 of 52 from the field and 2 of 3 from the free throw line. So, obviously, 
Drew Holiday has been non-existent since Giannis has been back, which kind of figured that would happen with chemistry and rotation. But then, but lineup wise, after a good first game, we didn't see a whole lot out of Middleton. Sure didn't last night, and that could have been a difference in that game if Middleton had a similar performance to the first game. It could have been at least close. Yes, and. And Lopez and Portis are not attacking the paint like they did against the Hawks. Now, once again, Atlanta did not have the size to match up with them in games five and six. Yeah, so not quite the same matchup. And, of course, Milwaukee, Milwaukee killed them on the boards and in the paint, which led to their – Series went over the Hawks. Now they're going up against DeAndre Ayton, who has done an incredible job keeping them from getting their points in the paint. And also credit the Suns' defensive strategy, really slowing down Middleton and Holiday and P.J. Tucker. So obviously, obviously that's going to have to continue for the Suns, but of course, once again, depth is a major concern going forward for this Phoenix Suns team, having to rely too much on their starters. Yeah, it's the the good thing for them is we're approaching the end of the season. Obviously, they just need to win two more games. So, I mean, they still have home field if it. Yeah. So I, if this series does extend late, it's not it hope. And also they've had a chance to sit back between these series because they finished games. And that was, that, that was obviously huge too, That w- yeah. which is, which is why they've had two great performances thus mm-hmm. far in this NBA finals due to risk. So that, yeah. Yeah. Chris, that obviously helps so, the Phoenix Suns team out as well. Right. So I say that to say that I don't think fatigue will be an issue as much as they'll be behind an eight ball if any of their starters are just having a bad night. If they're cold, yeah. then like you say, they don't have many people on the bench to, to bring in. And and Mikael Bridges with that big game last night, obviously he's going to have to keep playing at this pace at a high level to go along with Booker, Aiton, and CP3. And then who knows where they are if they uh, – hopefully there's not another injury. But if another injury happens somewhere, they're really going to be in a bind. So they've got no to doubt. hope they stay healthy. No doubt. And I just credit Giannis for really toughing it out and playing great basketball. You, you obviously can tell that he wants it right now. And I remember during a timeout last night, he goes over to the Bucks bench and he's he's trying to get everybody riled up, getting everybody fired up to get going, you know, get back in that in that game last night and it just didn't happen for the rest of the Milwaukee Bucks squad, but you figured that he was going to be very limited of what he could do after hyper extending his his leg and all and but now he showed out. He has. He has. So the rest of the 
Milwaukee Bucks team is going to have to step it up for sure because they're they are in a well, two to nothing hole and well, like you said, that stat where he just scored one point less than the rest of the team is just incredible. And the only teams that have come back from down. 02 to win the NBA Finals are the 1969 Boston Celtics, the 1977 Portland Trailblazers, the 2006 Miami Heat, and the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, there was a big gap there between the 70s and 2000s. Yes. <laughs> that was a, hadn't happened very much at all. It feels like it's happened more often in baseball. Yes. So it's interesting. Hockey. Yeah, and hockey as well. Yeah, hockey seems it's almost like no lead is safe. <laughs> yeah. But there's only four teams that have done it, so we'll see if the Milwaukee Bucks can get back in this series and end up doing it as well. And I mean, obviously they've made it this far. We know they're a great team, but they feel like they ended that series their last the this the conference championship series they ended that so strong as a unit i feel like they can get things back together and even up this series at home in milwaukee it's just that the Suns are just playing so good right now, even with their limited bench. And they're they're hitting the shots that they need to. Yeah. So I really don't I, I just I'm not sure how I feel about my prediction of a seven game series that the Suns win. I just I just <laughs> don't see I just don't see that continuing as the series goes to Milwaukee. And you you factor that in with not enough depth right now and Milwaukee could definitely win these next two games they're in Milwaukee and get back in this series well it's not like they've been blown out now they were outplayed pretty well in these two games but it wasn't which is a blowout which is incredible yeah with the way that Phoenix has been shooting yeah and, and their starters have had to play so much yeah in, in, in these first two games of this NBA Finals. Just get some help for Giannis. Yeah, and Middleton and Holiday. Yeah, be be a solid because unit. Because, as we've stated before, all, if all of those guys are one cohesive unit, clicking on all cylinders, they're tough to beat, yeah, Chris. Hard to beat them. Well, I really hope got to figure out something. I really hope Mike Budenholzer. I really hope that the Bucks can can get back in this thing. I think I think the, I think series. they can. I think they can. Yeah, they've got the firepower to do it. It's just a matter of well, execution. Execution. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty confident they win one of these two games at home. No doubt. Whether or not they win both of them will honestly, uh, it's not do or die yet, but that'll really determine their chances in this series. Yeah, and if if Phoenix can just steal one in the next two, 
they've got it in the bag, oh, in yeah. my opinion. Phoenix, the Suns are feeling great if they just win one of these on the road. Yes. So they just need to do what they did against the Clippers where they stole one on yeah. the road and wrapped it up. So just need to need to carry that over, I, I, I guess I could say. And and steal one and then finish it out. Probably at home. Like if more they, than if, likely, if they do that, I think they would. They'd probably get it that first game back in Phoenix. Yeah. Yep. That's how I kind of feel. This is going to go. I feel like Milwaukee will win one of these, and Phoenix will win the other. Which way? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Bucks win this one coming up, and then the Phoenix wins after that. But yeah, I. I I like the Bucks in Game Three for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I so I I will I will pick the Bucks Sunday night eight o'clock on ABC. Okay. To. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a good. I think that's a good prediction. Uh, but I just still I feel pretty good about this Phoenix team and. Oh yeah. Uh, they may ruin my original thoughts of this being a seven game series but we'll see i'm still like i said earlier there's part of me hoping that the bucks can win both of these at home to really make this a gonna be a tough it'd be a really close series from then on out where they just play one game in each place to to close out one in phoenix one in milwaukee then the final one back in phoenix yeah so yeah we'll 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 See what happens. It's like I said, Phoenix has fairly easily won both games so far, but not in a blowout way. It, it the Bucks have hung around, so it's been competitive, just not quite so, as close as we thought it would be. And Suns have made the shots down the stretch in each games to to close it out. Yeah, exactly when they needed to, and they've played a little bit better as a team. I just hope, I just hope they can keep they can keep up because they certainly don't have much depth going forward in this series. No, if they start, yeah, if, if so any of their starters start to falter, that's going to kill any momentum they have. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, we've been talking about college baseball a lot the past few weeks. We're finally graduating. <laughs> going to focus on some MLB. First of all, we've got the all-star roster and home run derby participants. We we know who they are now. I guess we'll start. Well, let's take a look first, I guess, at the American League. So <laughs> one player who's been fun to watch this year, pitcher, designated hitter, Shohei Atani. Atani? Yes. It's just been... I I love Le- leads the league in home runs, and he's a pitcher too. It's just incredible to see a pitcher designated hitter just doing so well. Yeah, our our version of Babe Ruth. Yeah, somewhat. Well, that's, I mean that's what it makes you think of. Yeah, like very unique too. And he definitely it, 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 it does not happen at all. Definitely deserves to be. A part of this all-star team for the American League. No doubt. Uh, catcher, Salvador Perez. And then first base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 
Second base, Marcus Simeon. Third base, Rafael Devers. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts. And that's two teammates that yeah. are on the Boston Red Sox together. Well, there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of American League East already. We got two Toronto Blue Jays, two Red Sox. Which, speaking of those two, Chris, Bogarts and Devers will be the first teammates to start at shortstop and third base in the MLB All-Star game for the American League since your old pals Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez <laughs> did it in 2011. Yeah, I figured those probably were two the two last guys to to do that. Yep. And then in the outfield, we got Mike Trout, of course, from the Angels, Aaron Judge from my Yankees, Teoscar Hernandez from Toronto, and, of yeah. course, Shohei Otoni, which you already mentioned, from the Angels. So that puts, of the uh, the position players, we've got, Four, five from the American League East, but not many. Uh, it's not too swamped with Yankees this year, which I know will make a lot of fans happy. <laughs> <laughs> Starting pitchers: Shane Bieber, Garrett Cole, uh, Nathan Ivaldi, Kyle Gibson, Yusei Kikuchi. Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon. Lance Lynn, former Ole Miss baseball standout. That's right. It's nice to see him. He's he's on he's on the he's on my game. he's on my Mount Rushmore of greatest pitchers to ever pitch in Ole Miss baseball history, what? for sure. Oh yeah, well he was great, and he's still proving how great he is. So it's. And he he has a he has a very low ERA. I, I I can't remember what it is, but it's it's obviously the best of his career. Mm-hmm. And it's it seems like with Lance Lynn, he's aging like a fine wine. Apparently so. It just seems like he gets better. Maybe he's as get, he as he gets older, maybe he's getting better control with his pitches, or he's drinking out of the fountain of youth for one. <laughs> But then to finish up here for relievers, we got Matt Barnes, our oldest Chapman, who's kind of had a tough couple he months has, here lately. He has, but I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for him. Oh, well, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you, I do too. But hopefully, he gets things together here for my Yankees. Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley, and Gregory Soto. So that's the American League starters. Of course, I mean, obviously some. Great players there. It's nice to see some people voted in representation from like the Royals and well, really that's the you got a bunch. You got two from the Angels, two from Boston, two from Toronto, and then a Yankee, and then you got the the Royals catcher Perez. So. What I what I do like though is that there's at least one representative from each team. Oh yeah, through all these, uh, at least one. Yeah. So it's just the better, the better first half teams are going to get, of course, the the, the more players, and it also is a bit of a popularity contest. That too, well. that too. So we'll see. Pretty good team for the American League. You want to go over the National League? Team? I would be delighted to, Chris. Yeah, let's start with 
your NL all-star starter, starting with catcher Buster Posey of the San Francisco Giants. First baseman from the Atlanta Braves, Freddie Freeman. Second baseman from the Pittsburgh Pirates and former Mississippi State Bulldogs standout, Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. At shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr., the young superstar of the San Diego Padres. Third base starter will be Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals. Another young blooming star in the making, outfielder Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. Second outfielder will be Jesse Winker of the Cincinnati Reds. And the final outfield position goes to Nick Castellanos, another Cincinnati Red. A lot of red in the outfield. Not, no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. And those two have definitely carried the Cincinnati Reds in this first half of the season where they're really starting to play great, great baseball. We just got to see if they hold on this year. They have sort of a precedent of falling. after the All-Star break kind of falling off a bit. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if they can keep it up. But, yeah, those are your National League All-Star starters for the All-Star game. Hmm. Well, then let's see who's pitching. Let's see, Corbin Burns, you Darvish. Oh, gosh, that's – Still upset that the Cubs <laughs> traded him in the offseason when they desperately need yeah. starting pitching right now. Jacob DeGrom. No shock there. Yeah, Kev- Low, lowest DRA in all of baseball. And, I mean, it's low. <laughs> Kevin Gossman. He has really revived his career in San Francisco, Chris, after a rough start of his – the rough start of his – career in baltimore so gosman has really revived his career in san francisco so congratulations to him for that and an all-star selection at that jermaine marquez oh herman herman yeah herman herman marquez Marquez of the of the colorado rockies yeah yeah trevor rogers zach wheeler brandon woodruff Brandon Woodruff, but another former Mississippi State standout. Yeah, I knew I recognized that name. Who who's actually who's actually just up the road here from where we're at. He's from Wheeler. Oh wow. Okay. And we're we're recording in in Boone, Vegas. <laughs> so just just a couple of miles away. And then your relievers, Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell. Your boy. Who's more than likely going to get traded either before or at the trade deadline, unfortunately. Yeah, your boy for now, anyway. Gosh, I'm, I'm going to hate to see him go. He, he's done such an in- incredible job for my Chicago Cubs closing games out. It's just unfortunate he hadn't been able to do so as of late as the Cubs have lost 11 out of the past 13 games that they've played. Yeah. Or excuse me, twelve out of the out of the last fourteen, I should say. And Mark Melikon. Met- yeah, Melanson. Mark Melanson. Trust me, I used to. I, was, I used what? to pronounce it the same it's way. What the world? And yeah, Alex Reyes. Reyes, Reyes yeah, Alex of the Reyes. Cardinals, yeah. So that finishes up your pitchers and relievers for the National League. 
a little bit more spread out representation for the starters, I think, in the National League. Uh, now, of course, we have reserves for from a bunch of different teams, but uh, that's your starters. And then the home run derby bracket. First seed, of course, is Showtime himself. Yes. He's got 32 home runs, so that makes sense. He's going to be going up against Juan Soto. Yeah, that's a that's a one versus eight matchup in the bracket. On the that will be on the left side of the bracket. Okay. Okay. So one versus eight there, with Otani going up against Soto. And then you got Joey Gallo. Versus Trevor Story. Yep, two versus seven matchup. And then Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini of Trey the Baltimore Mancini. Orioles, who is a cancer survivor now. Oh right, he had That's right. he beat he beat cancer right before the season. Yeah, I remember started. reading about that. So just an incredible story. He'll be the. Uh, Sort of a favorite, to, fan, yeah, the fan favorite. Yeah, that'd be a great story to see him come come up and and win this thing. Also, the other fan favorite's going to be Trevor Story, of course, with the contest being held at Coors Field in Denver. Oh, yeah, so that you're going to see a lot of people rooting for Trevor Story for sure, and and then also for Trey Mancini. Just an incredible story of him beating cancer and I I was just so happy and thrilled whenever I saw that right before the major league season began. Yeah, it's something to come back uh when it was colon cancer to and I, I chemothera- chemotherapy and come back and be this strong. Yeah, and I love the fact that he's he's going to be in all of the all-star festivities going to get to be a part of it all so no. well, that's that's awesome that's awesome to see to round it out here is salvador perez versus pete alonso who is the reigning defending champion after winning it last the the previous home run derby in 2020 that's right so so the reigning defending champion will be it actually doesn't happen all that often it does not to repeat or even win twice uh, strangely enough and i'm not gonna lie to you if i was if i had been or if i would have gotten the call to be a part of the home run derby and i'm a part of a contender right now i would drop out yeah, since they have sure. some bad, like it's almost like it ruins their swing or something. Yes, uh, for the second half of the season, it does. It does. It you see it every season, Chris. So I'm looking right here. The only two that I would have an issue going into the second half is Pete Alonso of the New York Mets and Matt Olson of the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> Obviously, they're they're two best hitters. Yeah, you don't want them on, on to, their on their respective teams. You don't want them to get in a funk. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Season. 
you don't because you're you're no doubt wanting to have a great second half and clinch a postseason berth for sure get you in those playoffs where anything can happen well the favorite going in is definitely showtime oh no doubt and it's gonna be i hope they don't put these balls in a humidifier i hope that they're launching these suckers in denver (laughs) launching them to mile high stadium yeah (laughs) or the denver broncos play (laughs) they hit them two miles high yeah, that too. Join the Mile High Club. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to keep an eye on those those uh, those feel good stories. You know, oh yeah, obviously I'll be rooting for Trey Mancini. Yeah, Mancini. We'll have to see how how he does, and it'd be just incredible if he if he was able to pull this out. But we just wanted to mention the the players involved in the All Star Game and. And uh, the Home Run Derby, we, we maybe mention the All-Star Game a little bit more next week because we'll have a show Tuesday right before. Yes. So we may go into a little bit more depth then. But for now, just that's your players in that. Something else we want to focus on, though, is the, the draft. It's coming up this Sunday, right around the corner. Sunday, 6 o'clock on MLB Network and ESPN. So whichever network you prefer to watch draft day coverage you can watch it on mlb network or espn and you've been keeping an eye on the mock draft i have and let me tell you chris it has changed a lot wow okay since right around the time of the college baseball postseason right. and and now after it ha- it has changed it has changed a good bit and all of a sudden you're starting to see in this top 10 mock draft that I'm fixing to reveal you're starting to see a lot of high school players could very well get picked in the top 10 looking here it's it's six out of the 10 when it's always be selected in yeah in, in the top 10 you never know i mean usually those a lot of times those guys will go straight to the mlb but i mean sometimes they will go to college first we'll just kind of see how how these guys what they decide to do oh yes yes and let's start with the number one overall pick, which will be selected by the Pittsburgh Pirates, this mock draft has them taking Marcelo Mayer, a shortstop out of East Lake High School, which is in Chula Vista, California. There's one of those high schoolers you were talking about. Number two, they have the Texas Rangers. Drafting Jack Leiter, the right-handed pitcher from Vanderbilt. Which, no, no surprise there. Yeah, you expect him to be right up there. At, at least the top three pick, for sure. Yeah. Former, also former, or son of former Major League Baseball pitcher Al Leiter. Right. At number three, the Detroit Tigers. They have them selecting another high school shortstop. Brady House from Winderboro High School in Winder, Georgia. Okay. 
Red Sox at number four taking another high school shortstop. Yeah, a lot of shortstops here. In Jordan Lawler from Haysu Prep High School in Dallas, Texas. At number five, they have the Orioles selecting Henry Davis, who is a catcher from Louisville. Louisville Cardinals. Number six, they have the D-backs taking the other Vanderbilt ace in Kumar Rocker. Yeah, again, no real surprise there. So you definitely predict and expect both stud Vanderbilt pitchers to go in the top ten for sure. It's just a matter of where they're selected, of course. Right. At number seven, they have the Royals selecting another high school shortstop. Popular this year. And Khalil Watson out of Wake Forest High School in North Carolina, not to be confused with the (laughs) University of Wake Forest. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Expect him to go pro, not to go to college, especially not to Wake Forest if he yeah, definitely is a... I don't think he'd be playing baseball at Wake Forest if he did go to college. Yeah, quite frankly, Chris, I wouldn't want to play for a team known as the Demon Deacons <laughs> myself, so I'd rather take the money and run, if you know what I mean. <laughs> at number eight, they have the Colorado Rockies selecting... High school outfielder Benny Montgomery from Redland High School in Lewisbury, Pennsylvania. At number nine, they have the Angels selecting an Ole Miss commit, Ole Miss baseball commit. Yeah, we'll see if he actually chooses to go. And his name is Jackson Job, the right-handed pitcher out of Heritage Hall High School in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So, it's going to be a big decision for Jackson Job if he's taken in the top ten. And I know that these type these players often get traded around before they get to the majors anyway. But the biggest factor may just be how he feels about the organization he gets drafted by. If he likes the organization and and feels that they can. Bring it, bring him up, develop him, and bring him up quickly, which cer- right. certainly would happen for sure. Yeah, if, they, if he feels with like the Angels, they have a good development program. Yeah, like the Angels, then he'll probably go pro. But if very it's, quickly, if it's somebody that he doesn't feel that comfortable with, he he may still go to Ole Miss. So we'll just have to see what happens. And then rounding out this top ten mock draft, they have the New York Mets selecting Sal Freelich, an outfielder from Boston College. So yeah, there's your top 10 projected players in the upcoming draft on Sunday. A lot of lot of high school talent. Yeah, which is kind of like taking me back to A lot the, of shortstops. Yeah, it reminds me back in the 90s it felt like we had a lot of high school players that would go straight. I mean, it happens every year, but to have this many uh Usually there's more college in there. And you certainly, with these high school shortstops, 
in this top 10 mock draft. Of course, you expect a few of them to go through position changes once they begin their minor league careers. Yeah, I was about to say, that's probably one reason why shortstop is so popular to draft. They can sort of move around the infield. No doubt. Wherever you need them to. No doubt. Play third, second, maybe even first. Yeah, if you've got one with a really good arm, put them at third. If you've got one that's... Very flexible. Yeah. You want them at second or short. Right. And then if he is kind of having mechanical issues with throwing or something, put him at first. So there's really... Yeah, and and, and, and also, especially some that are maybe 6'4", six, 6'5", six, you could put him at first as well, oh, at height. Yeah. So yeah, there's... That makes sense why there'd be so many shortstop, but it's still kind of funny to see top 10, there's uh, four shortstops. And, and six out of the 10 are players that are still in high school yeah so we'll find out the or 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 had or have recently just graduated from high school i should say right right they're coming out of high school they're not going through college uh unless they choose like some of them here have gotten offers and they might go we'll we'll see what they do like we just discussed at number nine jackson job who who was an old miss commit it's just a matter of which is part of the dangers of recruiting when it comes to college yes. baseball. Yeah. You got to recruit well, but if you recruit too well, they might go straight to the MLB yeah. or straight to pro baseball and minor leagues. Yeah, and you definitely expect a kid like a Jackson Job to go pro if he's selected in the, in the top ten because that's, that's a lot of money on the table there. For sure. Yeah. And I don't fault them at all because I know injuries are concerned and all that type of thing. So get what you can. And and that's that's also another reason, Chris, that players have dropped in the first round of these of these mock drafts so close to draft day is is because of injuries or mechanical flaws that the scouts have suddenly seen on film or or that they remembered seeing they've been able certain to, players in person that they've that they've written down yeah they've gotten more scrutinized more scrutiny and so certain certainly it's better for the scouting departments of each franchise this year because they were able to see high school and college players compete this season compared to 2020 that did not happen those right. seasons were canceled. So scouts this year have had plenty of time to look at and evaluate players that they are intrigued of drafting this Sunday. Well, on this Sunday, we'll find out exactly who goes where and, and what's going to happen. So... I'll be de- keeping an eye on that. I'll I'll definitely have my my eye out on it for for a few reasons, <laughs> but I'm definitely looking forward to the 2021 MLB Draft Sunday at six o'clock on MLB Network 
and ESPN. All right, we're going to wrap up with the random page of the day. It's pretty random today, I'll be honest. I'm not sure how much I can riff on this. It's the Charlotte Bobcats at the Philadelphia 76ers from March 27th, 2009. Bobcats won 100-95. And the Bobcats are no longer the team in Charlotte. Yeah, it's just so weird. They like moved in another, the former New Orleans team. The Hornets yep. went up there, and now we which, have a team in New Orleans again. Which they Charlotte was what was the Hornets before the move to New Orleans, and once New Orleans decided to change their name to the Pelicans, it was a no brainer for Charlotte to become the Hornets again, especially if you're Michael Jordan. Uh, true. Makes a lot of sense going by Charlotte Hornets, which I'm sure there's probably a fair share of Bobcats <laughs> in the Carolinas. Yeah, it's probably pretty common around there. But yeah, it Charlotte Hornets sounds a lot better, if you ask me. wonder if Kyle Korver was still playing for the 76ers and Andre Iguodala. Yeah, Andre's here. Yes, he had 25 points in this game. Yeah, th- well, that was back when he was the the main scorer. Yeah, it was basically between here, him and Young. Thaddeus Young? Yeah, Thaddeus. Yes, I knew it. Thaddeus knew it. had 21 points. Andre had 25. And Andre had that great stint with the Golden State Warriors not too long ago. Winning, mm-hmm. winning three championships with them. That's right. I three of, I three out of the was, four years. I about that. Yeah. I mean, I remember them winning, but I forgot he was part of that team. Oh, yeah. So that was a huge pickup for Golden State. Meanwhile, for the Bobcats, the main scorer was Boris Diaw. Yeah, Boris Diaw, who, who won a couple of championships with the San Antonio Spurs towards the end of their – that the, 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 the end, yeah, the end of that dynasty and the end of that incredible run by their big three, as they called it. Also, Raymond Felton with twenty yeah. points. Yeah, former North Carolina Tar Heel, great. And that's really the Bobcats in this game just played a, even though they had the worst record coming, like they were thirty-two and forty. I wonder if Emeka Okafor. The number one overall pick of the Bobcats was still on that team. He was. Time. He only scored eight points, but he was here. Which he had a he had a disappointing NBA career. Yeah, he only scored eight points, but he was perfect from the field. He was four for four. I remember he he played really great for Team USA when he was selected on to that roster. Yeah, I remember that name now actually because I remember watching that. Team USA, right, and that's why I remember him. But it, and 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 may, maybe it has to do with the limited talent on that roster, which is why Ameka Okafor never thrived in his NBA playing career. Maybe that had maybe that had a good bit to do with it, but certainly he did have a disappointing career after being taken number one overall. Out of UConn by the Charlotte Bobcats, so it's just, it was just unfortunate that 
he didn't have a career like we all thought he would. Yeah, and that just happens sometimes. And it's I actually just... remembered Emeka Okafor being on the cover of NCAA basketball. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. That's right. Him, he was on it. Kevin Durant was on one cover. I remember cover Kevin Durant being on there. When Kevin Durant played at the University of Texas. I miss those college sports games. Yeah, speak, speaking of which, Chris, how about this? Eight years ago today, NCAA football 2014, the last college football game, right, was released. Oh, wow. Eight years ago today. Oh, man. That's, and it's such a NCAA good game, NCAA 14 was released. It was fortunate that the last one was a really good game. It was, and I believe it's what? next year that NCAA football is making a comeback? Well, I don't. I haven't heard anything official. I'm hoping that they can with this new policy regarding players and being able to yeah, I, get I, money. I believe, I believe they'll, they'll come out. They'll okay. come out with it. Hopefully it's more like the old NCAA games and less like the current Madden. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So that's the only thing that has me worried. But, but I, I do I do expect them to come to for it to make a comeback next year. Mm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And and how about this too? The top ranked player on the video game was Jadavion Clowney. Oh yeah, ninety nine overall. Yeah, you want to take a stab at who was second best overall? Menzel. You are correct, good sir. Hey, oh, you are correct. <laughs> I about knock something off the, the <laughs> out the window over here when I threw my arms you, up. You, 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 you nailed it, Chris. Johnny Menzel, who was ninety-seven overall in the video game. I'm surprised he wasn't like ninety-eight, honestly. But Johnny Football. There you go. Huh. Well, that's interesting. So I'm kind of glad we got off on that a little bit because God, I had. Had so much fun with those games, but of course the college basketball games too, and 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 only that that one one time only college baseball game. Well, it came out in two 05. years. It was two years, but oh oh, there was two years yeah, of the game. But the okay. first one is the is the best one because wasn't that one oh five NCAA college so. baseball yeah, I think that was the first one. That, the they problem, had the Texas player on it. Yeah, that was the first one. Should very well could have been an Ole Miss player yeah. had they had beaten Texas in that Super Regional. The, the, the problem, the problem with the second game was that they got lazy and they just uh, kept the same players and yeah. ratings. Yeah, that were on the first game and moved them over to the second game, but just re-ranked the teams based on what the ratings were. Okay. In preseason, so like the players were all wrong. I'll tell you another thing I hated about that game was you had to basically move your thumb in a circle with the analog stick just to be able to hit on that game. Yeah, I'm pretty you sure had to move it around and around and around just to be able to hit the yeah, ball. Yeah, I hated that. Game. I'm pretty sure I changed the settings to like just do the normal push x to swing right i had to change the settings there's no way i was gonna like do that every time but yeah that that when you 
first played that game, yeah. that's that's how it was, and it absolutely it's, sucked. It's like no, thank you. It sucked indeed. But I, looking back on it now, I wish I wish we had a NCAA college baseball game too, because there wasn't a lot of them. But no, I yeah, I'd just I'm sure, I'm baseball, basketball, and football the three main sports. I'd love to have those and NCAA. Yeah, basketball and baseball are now fossil fuels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we got off on a bit of a tangent there, but that's fine. That was fun. I like the. I didn't have much talk about with the Bobcats and Seventy Sixers from two thousand nine. Anyway. Oh so. yeah, I, I completely forgot about. Yeah, that's where we were. Forgot about the game. Let's, if you want to <laughs> well, go back, if you no. want to go back to the game, we can't. No, I I'm just, done. I just want to say the Bobcats won one hundred and ninety five, and that was that's that. Okay, I I just wanted to, I just wanted to see if, if I could get a couple of players right. You did from each. And you did squad because. Yeah. You and I both know right now. I'm not looking at anything. No, I related. Gotta, I, I I'm not even. I don't. I don't even have what you have on on that game. Yeah, I have a computer in front of me right now to to look at this. And I just J Mike is just sitting over there riffing. I just have a great memory bank of where I can remember certain players that played on certain teams during certain eras or seasons. Or just anything like that. Yeah, and you get that that right. But yeah, that was. If you want to check it out, March twenty seventh, two thousand nine, Bobcats beat the seventy sixers one hundred and ninety five. It's a little trip down memory lane. All right, well that does it for today's episode of Sport Fanatics. We spent some time talking about the NBA playoffs, and I'm looking forward to. Seeing how that series continues in Milwaukee, or what you got on your mind, J. Mike? Well, on my mind right now, if you don't mind, Chris, I'd like to do just a few short shout-outs if I can. All right. I appreciate it, man. Marv Albert, one of my favorite broadcasters that I've, I have had the privilege of listening to ever since I really got into sports. He retired and wrapped up his illustrious career calling the calling his final NBA game, which was the game six Milwaukee Bucks win over the Atlanta Hawks that sent the Bucks to the NBA finals. Yeah, I saw you uh retweet about that the other day. He he retires with a fifty five year career in broadcasting. And really, a lot of people forget this, but he was the voice of the New York Knicks there during okay. the early stages of his career. Well, that's a long, it's a long time ago. He's a lot seen of people, so much. Another thing, a lot of people forget about his younger brother is Kenny Albert, who actually called every game of the Stanley Cup Final. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so Kenny Kenny Albert Kenny Albert was was on the call for NBC Sports NBC Sports' coverage of the Stanley Cup. It's final. like a uh, family dynasty going on for sports broadcasting here, and, and also Kenny Albert 
does football play-by-play for Fox on NFL Sundays. But obviously, Marv Albert was the voice of the NBA, and he had an incredible career. One of one of my favorite broadcasters of all time, and I certainly wish him the best in in, in retirement. He absolutely deserves it, yeah. and I'm I'm sure he and his lovely wife will will uh, continue to enjoy each other's company, especially a lot more now that he has retired but yeah, I classic just, voice hopefully he'll have a real nice retirement, retirement. yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted no doubts so i wanted to shout him out i wanted to shout out nate mcmillan who was promoted just a few days ago to head coach of the hawks atlanta hawks so not surprising there we knew it was coming soon pretty soon right but Nate McMillan is now the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Congratulations to him. And for a remarkable turnaround and playoff run that he did, coaching up though that young core of the Atlanta Hawks that are going to be around yeah, for years something. to come. Yeah, that they got a, that's an exciting future ahead there. And my last shout-out, Chris – I am definitely looking forward tonight to see Jacarius Clayton, the six five, six foot five, two hundred and sixty pound defensive lineman from Tupelo High School, to commit to the Ole Miss Rebels tonight hey. at six thirty. tidy on his Twitter page. He's post announce on his Twitter page. Okay. So, Ole Miss fans. Tupelo High, former Tupelo High School alumnus, Tupelo High School students. If you're listening to this, I expect Jacarius Clayton to commit to Ole Miss tonight at 6.30. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing that. That'll be nice. So those are my three shout-outs, Chris. All right. Well, don't forget to follow us, Sport Fanatics, on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Sport Fanatics, just like the, the 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 name of the podcast. Follow us, people. Follow us. Yeah. What, what's your what's your handle, J Mike? My handle on Twitter. Since we're we're going to start with Twitter, going off of following Sports Fanatics, and please to our loyal and dear listeners please do not forget to follow us at sport fanatics on twitter but you can follow myself at j underscore mike check and that's also my instagram handle if you would like to follow me on instagram as well it's the same handle at j underscore mike check and please feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook if you would like. My name is John Michael McBunch. All right, cool. And I'm just on Twitter at uh, Christopheles11, Chris Topholes11. That's where you can find me. But it's not tadpoles, people. <laughs> <laughs> Topholes. Even though I'm sure there's some out in the pond yeah, behind there's, you. There's probably some out there uh, swimming around. But. That'll do us for this week. 
We'll be back on Tuesday. But until then, adios. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy it.